All right, welcome to the Humanized IT Podcast, Tales from Around the World Recap. So we've reached the end of our four-part four series with Australia, South Africa, Canada, and Sweden. And here with me today is Skip to discuss how did those interviews go, what did we learn, and where do we go from here? So I'd like to ask Skip, first of all, what, what did you take away from this, uh, this four-part series? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's around the world, so I don't think we could have gotten any broader perspective on how everyone is going. And, and so it was interesting to, to hear that from, uh, from our guests there and how they're approaching it. And, you know, just I think it, it goes to the fact that everyone's lives are changing right now. So, you know, business is upended. There's nobody that's doing business normally like they used to. And so, in some aspects, I think we can take that as a, um, I don't know, as a, as a support uh, mindset for us, you know, and hey, we're yeah. all in this together, maybe. Uh, so, you know, if you're seeing challenges in your in your business, your organizations, you know, you're really struggling, you know, just uh, just realize everyone else is struggling as well. And you're not in this alone, uh, but we're all trying to figure out what the new normal is and what business is going to look like going forward. Yeah, I think empathy is key here. And for the fail of the week, it's it's going to be funny in that it's a lesson learned from the podcast of you never knew who your audience is going to be. <laughs> there you go. So the takeaway here for me is that we're all going through this together and we need to empathize more with the fact that just because it's hard for us does not mean that it's not harder for somebody else or somebody mm-hmm. else doesn't have a different situation. So in South Africa, we saw them, they were really locked down. And as we learn from the podcast and like the feedback on the Facebook page and stuff, is that it's much worse than you think. Yes. And yeah. we have to reach out and we really got to empathize with those people who, you know, imagine not being able to receive anything. Imagine watching mm-hmm. the supplies in your area dwindle, uh, just basic necessities such as gasoline for your cars and food and supplies just starting to like tank. And, you know, what do you do about this versus, you know, other countries where supply chain is not disrupted or we're big enough like in the United States here where all of our supplies can come from internal sources. And so yeah. it may be it may suck and it may be frustrating, but at least we're still operating. And in the United mm-hmm. States, we have our gripes and our complaints about being locked down, about not being able to go to the grocery store or not being able to go to our favorite restaurant. But imagine that and you can't buy liquor. And you can't <laughs> you buy yep. groceries and yep. you can't even order a PC to replace the one that just died. So you, you're having a hard time operating your business. So based on where you are, you really got to think through what does that mean and how can I help other people? And if, you, if they're outside your sphere of influence, then at least being mindful of their struggles, but checking your sphere of influence and seeing what can you affect and how can you make things better for other people. If you've got some some privilege to help you along the way, can you help people stay employed? Can you help people uh, get groceries who are in lockdown? What can you do to help them? And, and as a business, you know, virtual C, how can we help our members? How can we help their clients to succeed? Whether it's applying for better grants to get funding to cover this gap or on how to approach problems a little differently knowing how the economy is is uh, is being troubled and getting these ideas from people such as Kevin and Penny and Richard 
and Joseph and seeing how they're solving the same problems in different economies. And we're all kind of seeing similar things, but it's just affecting us differently. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, and I think now discussing these challenges, I had a great opportunity uh, to sit on the board uh, for a nonprofit a couple of weeks ago, uh, something I've done for, for quite a while with these, this particular organization. And our conversation was totally different than what our normal board meetings have been like. And we're, we're discussing, you know, issues that we're facing now from the pandemic response and and what to do with stimulus dollars and where to invest this and what this looks like going forward. And so, you know, it's not that any of us have all the experience on this. I mean, this is, for me, this is the first pandemic that I've been through. I think many of us are going to, you know, be able to check that box, you know, first time uh, that we've been through this. So we're all going to be learning on this. But, you know, together, we come together, we were working on this and we're finding the opportunities and the challenges. Uh, You know, they really go, the more challenging things are, um, unfortunately, I guess if you want to be negative about it, but, uh, you know, the more challenges there are, the more opportunities there are as well. And so you have to be able to take the positive on that, uh, and, and realize, yeah, things are, things are hard, but we have opportunity, uh, to not, not only grow our business. I mean, obviously we're, we're business minded people. So we're thinking about that, but realistically as people, we have the opportunity to do good, to help people out. And uh, again, from a lot of the comments that we had, you know, at the end of all of our podcasts, we kind of had a takeaway. And, and I like the positive note that uh, that everyone tried to find, you know, even though, you know, some things uh, yeah. maybe, you know, others having a harder time than others. You know, we always try to find the positive element in that. And I think that's really important. It's been a good exercise for humanity, maybe, if I can get really, really philosophical there, no, you know, no, is to find the positive in this, even though things may be going to crap right now, find the positive in this. You know, I, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post probably eight years ago or so, where we talked about how my wife and I have this really great habit we get into. It's what were your three best things that happened today? So right before we go to bed at night, we ask each other that. And without fail, we're able to come up with three great things, no matter how crappy the day was. And sometimes the best thing that happened that day is the fact that you're in bed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you made it through the day and now you're in your comfortable bed and you get to go to blissful sleep because it was just a crappy day. But, you know, even with the economies around the world, with people in different states of, of distress, you got to find that silver lining. You got to find that positive that's going on. And, and all four of the people that we interviewed came up with positive things that are going on. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to be a negative Nelly and just be like, it just, it's all burning. Oh, I just, <laughs> yep. I just need to give up. And uh, instead being like, okay, okay, this sucks. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now what can I do? Where do I, yeah. where do I go from here? And um, what I saw from what or I'm personally seeing from different businesses is you have different people that some are panicking and just trying to reduce expenditures, trying to tighten up the bolts and operate that way. Yep. Then I have other people are going, ah, we have an opportunity. Absolutely. Let's, let's figure out how yep. to use this opportunity to our advantage. And um, it's neat to see what's happening there. And I will, I'm going to really look forward to reading all the books and the economist blogs and stuff like that after everything yeah. returns <laughs> back to the new norm. And we're going to see like people analyzing like, 
of companies that took high risk during the time, what happened to them? Mm-hmm. Of people who buckled down and played a conservative, what happened to them? Yeah, finding that, um, I don't know, the direction, you know, to take those opportunities, I know is is scary for a lot of businesses. It, and, and it really is because it, it's so across the board. Uh, you know, there's a business I've been working with uh, quite a bit for a while, and, and their revenue has dropped 90%, 85%. I mean, that it just that they are one of the worst hit businesses that I've dealt with, you know, uh, closely and, um, and, and they're struggling, but he's, he's, he, you know, he's going to overcome, you know, he's, he's taken some, uh, some, some steps going forward. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to rebrand ourselves as this type of organization and really jump out there, you know, and try to make the best of it. Uh, there's some other organizations we're working with. They're actually doing better during this time than they were the same period last year. You know, uh, they just got more orders and more projects going in. And so, you know, it's it's how do you take all this and how do you, you know, manage all that? I, you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm realizing and what I'm, you know, telling other people as well is, you know, hey, everybody's figuring this out. Just jump in and do it, you know. Uh, so don't don't shy away from that, but, you know, jump in and do it and we can figure this out. Yeah, and that that's a good takeaway, especially from I think, um, I think it was Kevin Spanner in Australia who's talking about being proactive and finding work from home strategies and just coming up with new ways of dealing with problems as they come up. In IT, we are not um, <clears throat> new people to uh, problems like this, like disasters. That's just kind of our the nature of the business. Yeah. The number of times you have, if you're an engineer and you haven't had a panic moment where you go, oh, crap. Okay. um, That, okay. What am I going to do now? If you haven't had that moment. Yeah. You haven't been doing um, it very long. I got some sad, (laughs) you haven't been doing it for very long and I have some sad news for you. No, it's coming. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. You're going to have this moment where it's going to be 2 a.m. and you're just going to be like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And it may not be your fault or it may be something stupid you did. Uh, Either way. You're going to be in a triage moment where you have to think, okay, you're going to breathe. Okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's just like the pandemic. You know, we had this thing happen. You know, whether you are somebody who thinks it's a, a big hoax or you think that it's uh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to our economy. Yep. These are, are beside the point. What we do know is that the economy around the world has been affected. Yes. This isn't just the United States. This isn't just Canada. This isn't just Australia. This is everywhere, people. Yep. Everybody's been affected. And how are we dealing with it? Taking that breath. And okay, here we have here's how we go. Like when we talk to the four country, you know, I've got my notes over here. You know, in, in South Africa, it's supply chain. We gotta be cognizant of our supply chain. Mm-hmm. Where are we getting our PCs from? Where are we getting our computer components from? What kind of inventory do we have to help our, our clients out with? Australia, being proactive and finding those work from home strategies and being able to pivot on that. Uh, Ontario was cybersecurity became a huge priority as whenever you have a natural disaster, you have an uptick in cyber attacks every time. Yep, unfortunately so. You can always see it. And then finally in Sweden, embracing the virtual, embracing virtual meetings, embracing the virtual environments and being like, okay, this, this works. We like this. Yep, we can make this work. You know, and, uh, you know, as you, as you go through this and, you know, uh, try to figure out what, what to focus on, what to do, you know, I, I, I tell everyone there, there's, you can usually get most of it done by asking two questions. All right. And they're both very, very close related. One, 
you know, what is your number one source of revenue? If you're looking at your business today and, you know, obviously business owners are looking at the revenue, uh, they know where, where the money is coming from or where it's not coming from. So, you know, now's a great time to pick one of those revenue streams. Uh, is it one that, you know, has been just hugely impacted and we need to get it back to where it was? Or maybe we discovered another revenue stream during this time. Maybe there was a lurker out there, right? You know, something that we weren't really focusing on. And all of a sudden we're realizing, hey, this could be something really big. So, you know, identify a revenue stream. And then uh, the question two that follows right on the heels of that, what's the greatest risk to that revenue stream? And if you begin just from the top level of managing the revenue and the risk, and, and, you know, there's a lot more we can go into on those, but just start in those simple terms you will be, I think, uh, far and away better uh, than someone who's just in this reactive mode, someone who's just trying to, you know, to respond to whatever uh, is is blowing up in their face at the time. But, you know, focus on the revenue, focus on the risk and protecting that revenue and and take off, you know, charge ahead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love talking to people in different countries Yeah, because, you know, if you want to grow as a person, if you want to grow um, just emotionally and as a business, get outside your sphere, get outside your um, your social norm and use that to expand how you think about problems. Um, so when you're talking to somebody in a completely different economy than yours, so Australia or South Africa, Canada's kind of like our cousins, you know, they yeah. kind of suffer together <laughs> yep. with them. You know, if the oil industry is down there, it's down here in the United States. Yep. It's just kind of the way it is. But when we talk to like South Africa and Australia, Australia is kind of like a long lost cousin. <laughs> you know, like they're yeah. separated and we go through different things at different times, but we have very similar ways of doing things. And so it's nice to get their opinion on what's going on in the family. Yep. You know, and South Africa, they're they're down there and they're completely different. Yep. Um, it's a great place. It's a wonderful country. And but they they have they have a different set of problems than we do just because of the economic disparity they have and the wide variety of people that live in that tight place and being able to decide, okay, how do you do shipping now? How do you handle a lockdown? How do you handle this and that? And so yeah. well, uh, getting their opinions on how they're approaching a problem helps you to think internally like, okay, things could be worse here. Yeah. Am I ready for that? Could it happen here? And it challenges you to think about your business in terms of different economies of scale and different styles of doing business. Well, and just different perspectives. You know, I, I really enjoy working with our European-based uh, customers because, you know, their their shift towards digitization or, you know, the digital transformation has, has been at a different, uh, a different pace or just a different timing in, in Europe than it has North America. And while we may be getting to many of the places, you know, in similar times, there's smaller elements that are out of out of sync with with the others, and what I like to see in in many of those Europeans is how fully they embrace some digital elements. And uh, you know, Joseph mentioned the the remote meetings, and I think they're really 
probably poised to lead in some aspects that sort of remote engagement just because of some other conversations I had over the years with some of our other clients. So I'm really interested now in what those guys are doing. I'm, I'm going to pay attention to what's going on there because I may get some cues and some some tips that I can apply to our organizations here. And I think that's something that we're going to need to look at. You know, we, we obviously don't have all the answers ourselves. So if we look around and speak for yourself, yeah. I got all the answers. They not, may not be the right. One, <laughs> you got an answer. answer for you. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, you know, listening to, to what other people have going on out there, because you may, you may be surprised about some, um, some intuitive solutions that people come up to the challenges. Yeah. The, you know, finding, finding how you can move forward is key. And rising to the challenge. If, if you're a business owner, you rise to the challenge. So we talk about how this podcast is IT and CEOs kind of meeting in the middle here and having good conversations. Like CEOs, you're you're dealing with, with problems from a high level of where are you? Uh, how do you solve this problem? Where can you take the, the issues? And then your IT people are going, okay, we have this acute problem. How do I get rid of it? How do I move on with it? How do I work with this problem? So you guys are solving different problems in different arenas, but it's still the same analytical set of activities. How do you move forward given what has happened? And how do you move forward in a positive way becomes the differentiator between a good engineer and a great engineer, a good CEO and a great CEO. How do you move, like if you have a problem in front of you, you may have just fix that problem and move on. But how do you take that problem and move it into a win? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that is where the great people move forward. You're taking a problem and moving it into a win. You know, this, this economy disrupted the way we think about things. Okay, how do we make things better? Do we really want to go back to the way things were? Or do we want to go to a towards a better economy, a more stable economy, more robust? Yeah. And how do we get there? What what do we need to put place in our business so that we're not just getting back to the status quo, but we leapfrogged over and became something greater because of the challenge in front of us? Absolutely. And I look at my own personal life, and I and I think of those stories like when I thought just like the crap hit the fan, like oh. This sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose a job or uh, a company you're working for um, closes and um, bad things happen. You know, people get sick. Somebody dies in your family. Like, how do you get over that? And, you know, I look at the times that's happened in my life and like I, I came out ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I came out stronger and it wasn't it wasn't anything other than accepting where you are and trying to make the best of it and moving forward. And that's the way you move as a business. Something sucks and it happens to your business. Okay, how can I turn this into a win? Where can I go from here? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to evolve? Do I need to take new steps? Is there a new product line I need to invest in that I would not have looked at before? The challenging times is what defines you as an entrepreneur, as a person. And I loved these tales from around the world because they showed how the challenges were faced by unique people in unique situations and how they came out ahead. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as for the fail of the week, um, I just have to let all the listeners know like what, what happened here. Um, my marketing department may have panicked a little bit, 
But when we posted the South Africa uh, podcast, the idea was that we were talking to other South African technical folk. However, the post itself went viral. Yes. And um, it started reaching the general population. And there was a lot of, oh, that's not what's going on in South Africa. Here's what's really going on. And people just started laying it out <laughs> on the Facebook threads. Yeah. And I immediately get this call from my from my marketing department saying, "Oh, uh, should we should we disable comments? Should we do, should we try to change the narrative?" And it became, a, "No, let people have their voice." Yes, is what we all yeah. agreed upon. And it was like, "Let's let the stories be told." And so you know, there was this you know, Hannah's probably listening to this right now, going, "Oh, Adam, next time warn me." <laughs> and you're right. You know, the lesson learned from this is like, when you when you are preparing things for a worldwide audience, a general audience, let your editor know, let people in your company know, like, this is going to be going out to a broad audience. Yep. We don't know what the feedback is going to be. And so let's craft our message in a way that that um, affirms and supports multiple points of view. So knowing your audience when you're speaking uh, is very, very important. And I know this as somebody who speaks publicly often. And, uh, you know, that was that was our fail. Is that we did not think about this hitting the general public yeah. and them being like, well, this isn't the real story. Right. Yeah. That Instead, was... we, we started changing the narrative. So if you look at the Facebook posts and stuff, we changed our narrative as we went forward. And mm-hmm. that's because we learned that, hey, you know, we're hitting a large audience. Let's make sure they know this is a technical blog. And that this is something that we're trying to reach out to technical people and telling a story about how we're dealing with the global pandemic. Yes. I don't know what Skip's thoughts were when, when he saw the, all the, the craziness going on. I highly recommend all the listeners go and check out the uh, the podcast uh, on the Humanize IT website on Facebook and read the comments. It's very enlightening as to what's going on in South Africa. There's a lot of people with a lot of passion about what they're seeing and the pains that they're going through and how they're overcoming them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I learned this early on in my management career, uh, you know, that as people, you know, interact, not all conflict needs to be eliminated. You know, uh, dissenting voices need to be heard. You need to yes. have a debate. And so, uh, you know, I learned pretty early that, you know, if I had two engineers working for me and they disagreed and they even disagreed pretty strongly over something that I didn't need to step in and be the moderator. I didn't need to, you know, be mom uh, to come in and, you know, stop the siblings from fighting or something like that. That instead, I, I need to allow these two people to express uh, their opinions and to, you know, bring the things to light that they think are important. And we, 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 we succeed when we do that. I think we make progress. So, yeah, as I saw those comments coming through, I was like, wow, you know, that that wasn't necessarily, you know, the thing we wanted to talk about. Uh, but I'm glad we are. You know, I'm, I'm glad that people have an avenue to share this. I feel better, you know, a little bit and not that it really impacts a whole lot of people. But, you know, at least I have a better perspective of what's going on. You know, I appreciate the struggles of those in South Africa now more than I did before because people stepped up and had something to say. So that, that was an important thing that I think we need to do in our own organizations too, is, is to listen to that, that feedback and encourage people to, you know, dissent if, if they, if they feel so and, and make that and a, I think this, opportunity. 
I think there's a second little nugget of uh, knowledge here that's really important for IT and CEOs is that when you have open discussions, when you have town hall meetings, letting that discussion wonder a little bit, whether you're doing a SWOT strategy session or any kind of project management session, when you're trying to discover the heartbeat of your companies, let people like have conversation back and forth. Don't force the conversation, but let them yeah. wonder let them gripe, if so to speak. Let them talk about what's going on in the company. And you may discover things that you did not know before. That's why I'm a big fan of SWOT strategy sessions Absolutely. with IT. Is the fact that it allows open discussion to be very fluid within context. So that you can learn things that maybe you did not know before. Maybe you didn't know that wireless always dropped all the time. Maybe as a CEO, you didn't know how much pain your IT department was going through. These things that you learn can help accelerate your company. So in South Africa, I did not know how much was going on. And I got a really great education on all the things that are facing them, the different political struggles they're having, mm -hmm. the different issues with the different neighborhoods. And that's things I didn't know before. And now I do. Now I have that in my head. And with your company, it's the same thing. What's going on in your company that may, you may not know about? As an IT division, how are you perceived? that you may not know about. Have these open discussions so that you can take things to the next level, so you can adapt and adjust and become better through these conversations. Yep. And I think that's a really great wise nugget to take away is let open discussion happen so that you can become better and you can become more educated on the area surrounding you. That's and it. with that, I think I'm going to close up for this week. I mean, this is this was a great series, and I hope to do it again. I hope that we can interview more countries or maybe even revisit the same four in a month or so to see how things are going and how things have improved. But until then, I'm going to sign off. Skip, do you have anything else to say? That's it. Wish everyone well. That's it. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you. Thank you.